Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 204. Thank you for taking the time to join me as we continue our way through Lessons in Luke. Today's episode, we are in chapter 9. And in this particular chapter, um, we are going to explore Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 men. Uh, So um, we'll just jump right in. This will be uh, chapter 9, starting in verse 10, reading through 17. And then we'll just um, work our way, uh, kind of unpacking some some key thoughts, uh, some takeaways. Um, so I hope you uh, are blessed by this one. And it reads, When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So um, you may be familiar with this story or maybe a new one for you. Either way, um, we can appreciate the the powerful miracle that we see here in the text, um, it, you, it, it, it's, it reads that there's uh, five thousand, um, about five thousand men were here, but that doesn't include women and children. They would have likely been here as well. So, a group of five thousand men could have very easily been. 15 or 20,000 people, or perhaps even more. So this is a substantial amount of people. And um, as you picked up in the text, all they had were uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. So nowhere, nowhere near the amount of food that would be needed to sustain such a large group of people. Hence, the the shock, really, of the disciples when they hear Jesus tell them, you give them something to eat. Um, And their kind of response in the natural was, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. So um, we'll uh, 
before we get kind of ahead, I guess, of ourselves, um, we'll just kind of start at the beginning, which is always a good place to begin. Um, so in verse 10, we, we see that when the apostles came back from you know, the mission that they were sent on, they tell Jesus all that they had done. Now, this is, I like this, I appreciate this kind of kind of Jesus to, um, to, to listen to them. No doubt, you know, he's God in the flesh, so he knows what they've done. They, he knows what they've accomplished. But they, they tell him, they report to him what has happened and what they've done and what they've accomplished. And, uh, and as you know, sweet as Jesus is, uh, he lets them tell him all the news. And I can only imagine his, you know, his facial reactions, you know, uh, could be very animated and, you know, kind of like you would, you know, your young child that's telling you something that, you know, is not any news to you, but your, your enthusiasm is encouraging. I can imagine, picture him um, being encouraging in what they are telling him and what they've accomplished and they're excited about it and... Uh, and no doubt he is excited with them, not just placating them uh, like maybe sometimes we do with our kids, but but excited about their excitement. You know, sometimes we think we picture Jesus as this stoic figure that's you know very serious and means business, but we forget that. Um, He's the author of every attribute that we have that is of any value. And so no doubt he would have a sense of humor. Uh, no doubt he would have a, a playfulness about him as well. Um, so don't forget some of those attributes that we find in humanity that would be reflective of God as well. So he withdraws uh, with them and he, he goes to a, a town uh, called Bethsaida. Um, it's, it's actually, uh, the, if you can do a, a little personal study of the name Bethsaida and what it means, it's, it's a pretty neat little connection to what happens here and um, the name of the town. So that's kind of a cool thing to look at um, on your own. But here in 11, we see that the crowds learned about where they were going and heading, and so they followed him there. Now, something important for us to notice, you know, we, we may find ourselves in the midst of, of a mission or even in the midst of the middle of a mission, something that we're trying to set out to do, especially even if it's for the Lord. But notice he doesn't, he doesn't get irritated by them like we very easily could, um, he welcomed them, and uh, I, I would, you know, just I asked the Lord, even for myself, to, in the midst of what I'm doing, when those interruptions come, can I welcome those opportunities when I don't necessarily have the time for them, or my attention is drawn to something else that I feel like I'm supposed to do or accomplish, you know. May I, may we all be, have the grace 
in us and by God to welcome those moments, that those interruptions, because notice this, he welcomed them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. So these are kind of like divine interruptions where where Jesus is taking an opportunity for where there could be frustration or resentment and he's using it to the glory of God. And but not only speaking to them about the kingdom of God, but notice he healed those who needed healing as well. There's a partnership that happens between a proclamation of the gospel and healing. Uh, I'm a firm believer. It's throughout the New Testament. It never stopped. It's still going today, and that is healing. Um, does everyone get healed of illnesses, diseases, infirmities, different things? No, not always, and we don't understand why, but we know that God is is um, is over he is greater than any illness. But why some receive healing and some don't, we don't know. But we trust that God, His plan is greater than our expectation. And, and He is weaving and um, connecting all these events that are ultimately going to work out to the glory of his name and and also in conjunction to our good. It may not feel good or we may not understand it as good, but it is to the good of those that love God and call to his purpose. But notice there, that's very important. There's a connection to it's they're running parallel. It's not one or the other. It's a proclamation of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, and healing. So we should we should always partner the uh, the praying over the sick, the um, making space for opportunity for the healing to to be manifested in people's lives that are in need. Now. Um, his disciples in verse 12 recognize that, uh, you know, it's getting late and these people practically need to find food. They need to find lodging. And so this is a very practical thing to consider, a very practical leadership move. But Jesus puts them out on a limb and says, you give them something to eat. Now, as we said, we know they don't have anything really of substance to give them. But they offer what they have, and Jesus receives it, and he multiplies it. And that's what each one of us does. We have nothing to give. Um, We offer him what he's given us, and he takes it, and he multiplies it. And this is the posture that each one of us need to remember is the disciples are told what to do. They get the direction from, from the Lord, and they instruct the people. And everyone obeys the instruction. And then Jesus gives thanks, he breaks it, he multiplies it, and then he gives it out to the disciples to distribute. That's, that's exactly how it works in his body today. That we offer to God what we have. He takes it and he multiplies it, and he gives it back to us to be a part of his, the interventions in people's lives. 
And so we just must be willing to to listen for the direction and to offer it to him, receive it, and then distribute it. Um, we're not supposed to gather it to ourselves. Uh, we're not storing it up. We're distributing. And so he, God wants us to be a vessel of instrument that, that he can work through. And so that's important for us to remember. And then ultimately, all of these were, were eating, they were satisfied, and there was all the leftover pieces, uh, 12 basketfuls were left over. So um, that's that's a profound, profound thing in itself uh, that would consider you know, warrant consideration as to the significance. Is there significance of the twelve baskets left over? Um, there's lots of speculations on that, and uh, wonderful kind of analogies that can be found in it. But uh, I'll let you seek the Lord on that one yourself. So big picture think, thinking is um, let's be. Let's be vessels, willing vessels, to hear the Lord's direction, to cooperate with Him, to proclaim the gospel, and um, facilitate, help facilitate, partner with healing um, at the Lord's direction, and uh, be good stewards over what He's given us so that we can then be a catalyst for others to receive the blessing through that as well. So thank you for taking this time with me on this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. God bless.